Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to what is a very special episode of The Scoop in which I can actually see the folks whom I'm interviewing. Uh, we're, we're taking a, a momentary break from Zencaster because of some technical issues. We're on the Zoom, the omnipresent video chat of this COVID crisis. We have the folks behind Hodlepack. It is effectively one of the first crypto, probably is the first crypto uh, super PACs that's looking to get behind a few candidates this election cycle, Kristen Smith and Tyler Wortby. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I guess it makes sense that the DC people have technical difficulties. Yeah, I remember <laughs> one time I was on a train. Um, I've actually, I actually have to go to DC a lot for work, probably like one of the places I travel to the most. And I think, uh, when we were getting through DC, they, they switched from the electric train. Um, I was actually going to Virginia, as a matter of fact, but staying in DC. Anyway, when you go through Virginia, they switch from the electric cars on the train to the gasoline combustion engine. And so the bathrooms don't work. So they make this announcement about how the bathrooms and the, the electricity stop working while we're in DC. And I, um, I probably was drinking and I just said out loud in the middle of the car, that's not the only thing that doesn't work in DC. <laughs> and uh, the entire train car uh, gave me some pity laughs. Anyway, Good. That's, that's my anecdote from uh, DC travels that, that we'll probably cut from the show. But let's, let's get to Hoddle Pack. Um, for folks who are listening, who haven't followed our coverage at the block and elsewhere, um, what exactly have you guys been building? It's, it's effectively, from my understanding, a decentralized way to build out a pack and you guys are in the process of raising funds right now let's peel back the curtain yeah absolutely uh and it, forgive me if i say hodl pack that's the tomato tomato of our of our industry i guess but <laughs> yeah so 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 hodl pack uh is a you know i wouldn't say i wouldn't claim to be decentralized yet as you said uh but we are definitely um you know we we're uh, we're aspirationally you know a crypto native uh super pack so Hodl Pack was set up earlier this year, uh, as you alluded to. Thanks for your coverage, Frank. You know, we set we set up Hodl Pack to be a, you know, a fundraising and grassroots organization for the crypto industry, but you know, the crypto community uh, more uh, broadly. And we did that for two reasons: one, because we thought it was a, you know, it was it was missing from the policy ecosystem. Uh, there's plenty of trade associations and, and research, you know, think tanks that are that uh, serve crypto's needs in DC. But uh, we thought, you know, what was missing was a kind of a grassroots organization to get the, the people of crypto involved. Uh, and then, you know, the second reason we, we set it up is because we wanted to, as you mentioned, you know, kind of prove uh, that we can use kind of the tools of the crypto industry to do, uh, you know, grassroots political organizing better. Uh, and we think that in, you know, we've been experimenting with things uh, you know, throughout this cycle, uh, and we can go into kind of further into what those are, but those are our two motivations behind behind Holdapack. Yeah, I'd love to kind of unpack what some of the issues underpinning the pack space are, and what this you know attempt at restructuring it with crypto looks like, and how it sort of improves how those work. But I guess let's start with just how this maybe came to fruition, the blockchain associations behind it. How did you guys get set on this path to create this thing? Yeah, well, I, sh I should clarify, um, you know, I'm the executive director of the Blockchain Association, um, and then I sit also on the board of Hodel Pack, but this isn't an official Blockchain Association exercise. This is really meant to be more of it's a, a grassroots. Kristen Smith it's a Kristen, a Kristen Smith exercise. Well, it was, it was Tyler's idea, actually, back, back when we could you know, bump into people at uh, large social events. We mm -hmm. happened to meet there and he had this idea of applying the governance models used in crypto and the technology itself with a super PAC and what that might look like. And and from there, we, we got to where we are today. But, you know, from my perspective, at the Blockchain Association, our goal in life is to change public policy for the better. And I know that when I speak with people in the crypto community who aren't familiar with how Washington works, they often think that, oh, my gosh, we have to figure out how how to create a, a, a machine to influence this process. And the the from somebody who's 
20 year career has been in Washington, DC, there are tried and true tactics for influencing policy. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, you don't need to write the playbook. The playbook exists. We just need to run the playbook. And like it or not, um, one of the tools for influencing policy change is is money. Um, you have congressional candidates in the House and Senate who typically want to get reelected. And to do that, you need money. You need to buy airtime. You need to buy ads. You need to pay campaign staff. And there's a whole process around which these candidates, um, you know, they're, they're professional people in D.C. whose job is to be fundraisers that help candidates go around and do fundraising, right? So this this is a big, big part of the 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 time a policymaker, an elected policymaker spends in any given day is figuring out how do I finance my campaign and who do I need to talk to to raise the money to do that. And so I think that it's important to have the crypto community engaged with lawmakers on this level. I mean, you know, there's also direct lobbying and, you know, writing letters and, and other pieces to it, but being able to show up with a campaign check is a really important piece of it. And so I was excited when Tyler wanted to do that. And we thought that the best way for crypto to engage is to have a long-term stable action committee that over time can grow and continue to give more money as we, as we grow. So we're, we're, you know, the, the best way to do that, we thought with the crypto community is to use the principles of crypto within the political action committee itself. And so, I mean, how much impact do you anticipate something coming from the crypto world and, and the size that this is going to be impacting um, sort of the decision-making of lawmakers considering the billions of dollars that um, are sort of sloshed around DC to impact um, the and, and influence elections? Yeah, you know, so I think we're definitely in the humble beginnings of Hodel Pack, uh, admittedly so. Uh, you know, I think we're, our goal for, I guess, the next, you know, what is it today? Today's the 12th. So the next nine days is to raise somewhere around, uh, you know, 10 to 15,000 to, to reach our goal of 21,000 uh, to be donated to, you know, a, a handful of champions on Capitol Hill. We hopefully, you know, in, in 2022 and 2024 and in, in subsequent election cycles, we'll, we'll up those numbers. Uh, but that's our, that's our goal today. So yeah, so that's not a, you know, that is kind of a humble amount. It's not a, it's not a lot. And there's definitely, you know, when you when you start to look at some of the other kind of industries out there that are more more mature and, and uh, better equipped in, in D.C., they are certainly raising much larger funds. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I think there's there's two sides of of what of what Hodel Pack, you know, wants to do. One is the money. And Kristen just did a great job of explaining kind of, you know, uh, and, and I'm sure we can talk about it more about, you know, why money in politics, what no matter what you feel about it, uh, you know, that's a thing. Right. Money in politics is here to stay. Uh, but the other side of it is, you know, convincing policymakers with, uh, you know, stories of their constituents, you know, working and using and using crypto and uh, and just providing examples for policymakers who wouldn't otherwise otherwise be paying attention, frankly, um, to get them on our side and to gain allies uh, in, on Capitol Hill. And, and one of the ways that, you know, Hodelpack wants to help do that is to basically engage uh, as broad of a community as we can to really be the venue to get the crypto community involved in politics and, you know, make those introductions for people uh, you know, that are working remotely uh, in a district somewhere in, you know, uh, name your state, and uh, they wouldn't, you know, they're, they're gainfully employed, making an awesome living uh, and doing, doing what they want to do uh, in this industry that, you know, needs uh, regulatory clarity, quote unquote, or however you want to describe it, right? So, so there's two sides of, of kind of gaining uh, influence in D.C. or influence in Congress, at least. It's, you know, money is one thing and hold it back is a pack. So it's set up to do just that. But we also want to be able to kind of uncover some of the stories and create the reasons for an individual lawmaker to take notice of crypto and, and to, to, uh, to learn, you know, kind of what, what is being built by, by the crypto community. Yeah. So in like, in a sense, it's kind of like a marketing exercise to draw the attention of, of lawmakers and folks in DC to the market and to the various market participants who might be contributing to this, um, this include the Winklevoss twins, um, from what I remember at least. How does the process work for contributing? And once you contribute, you have some sort of 
say in, in how the funds are distributed, at least to my understanding? How does the structure work? Yeah, that's right. So uh, so you mentioned the Winklevoss twins. I mean, they were they were very, you know, them along with, you know, a handful of other leaders in the crypto uh, you know, community were uh, generous enough to give us some money to, to get off the ground this year. Uh, but we definitely want to engage kind of the broader community. You know, we've seen, you know, record amount of kind of grassroots donations to People like Bernie Sanders just averaging, you know, $10, $20, right? Like we would love to build Hold-A-Pack to be, you know, th that kind of organization um, as well. Uh, but to answer your question, so the way that it works is that anybody who donates, no matter how much uh, they donate, uh, they get a they get Hold'll Vote tokens in in return. So there's three ways to earn Hold'll Vote tokens at this time. Uh, one is donating and you get one-to-one or sometimes we'll do, you know, we're experimenting with kind of, you know, multipliers where you can, you know, earn more hold of vote tokens if you give. Uh, the other way is just to sign up with your email. And the and another one is to is to subscribe to our, our newsletter. So uh, when you receive hold of vote tokens, you know, we, we are, we're on the Rinkaby Ethereum testnet, so we can avoid gas fees, we'll send them to you. Uh, you hold them in your MetaMask, and you can use them to kind of take part in Hodl pack, which is, uh, you know, one, you can join our token permission discord provided by our friends at Abridged and Collabland, uh, or you could use them to vote in our community ballots, of which we're going to be holding our first one, uh, as I mentioned, on October 21st. And uh, basically, you'll be able to hook up your wallet and, and vote for which members of Congress and which candidates that you want to support. So uh, that's that's kind of, you know, the the 2020 version of, of Hodlpack. And we want to experiment with new things going forward, maybe. Uh, like if you send a letter to your congressman, you can earn earn to earn votes and uh, you know other stuff like that. So uh, we're looking forward to experimenting with 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 that. But for now, that that's that's how it works. And we can talk about a little bit more about like how the voting works too, if you if you want to get into that. But that's a broad overview. It sounded as you were describing the process that you were about to say instead of votes, it sounded like you were going to say tokens. Is there a possibility in which the future of this thing involves? folks contributing and then sort of receiving in return a, a sort of governance-like token that provides them, you know, decision-making ability um, over this over this pact. That's exactly what we're uh, building. So, so right now, you do you do receive tokens. Uh, you'll receive. Oh, they're okay. not they're ERC twenty tokens, but we're keeping them on Rinkaby for now, just because of the the gas fees, and we don't want to deal with with that. And we're kind of testing out the model. But yeah, you can view these. Uh, the hold vote tokens as kind of governance tokens, a la, you know, some of the stuff's going on in DeFi right now. And we definitely want to kind of create a community owned uh, pack, much like, uh, you know, community owned, you know, financial protocols are, are emerging in, in, in DeFi and, in, uh, and then and other, and even like talk about, you know, some of the emerging social tokens, uh, um, you know, that are, uh, we, we find a lot of inspiration in those and we want to create kind of that crypto native political organization using, using exactly that. Yeah. Interesting. And so what, what does it look like in terms of the distribution of those tokens once all this, once the money is collected and then distributed? So, um, so like I said, like one of the, the, the main way that you get tokens is, is donating. So those who donate more money will have more tokens. That's, that's, that is, uh, that is how it, how it's gonna how it's set up to work now. Um, one of the we're cognizant of that though, and one of the ways that we're trying to mitigate that, uh, you know, maybe the disparity between the person who gives twenty dollars and the person who gives you know a couple thousand, uh, mm -hmm. is uh, is to use quadratic voting. So uh, the way our our voting is set up is that your listeners may or may not be familiar with this concept, but quadratic voting is basically you know, each individual vote. So, you know, if, if there's five, if we're picking between 10 congressmen and I want to support, you know, two of them, you know, I might give, you know, half of my, I might spend half of my votes on, on one of the, on one of the uh, candidates, each additional vote that I'm buying for that candidate, if you will, is uh, cost the square of that number of votes. So the first vote costs one, the second vote costs four, third costs nine, um, so it gets it gets more expensive for each uh, member, you know, each vote that you buy for the member of, of Congress and in or in candidate. So so basically, what that does is it levels the playing field between the so-called whales and the low-dollar donors. Because if the whales really wanted to, you know, sway the sway the election, then it it gets you know more expensive to do that. Basically, that structure. How does it maybe 
improve or how could it remedy some of the issues we see with traditional packs, super packs, traditional packs? This one is a hybrid pack. How does this structure maybe ameliorate um, some of those, those longstanding issues? Today, the way that most packs work is there's a process by which the, they decide who to give that to. And so typically today, there's a pack board or a centralized group of people that are making decisions on where that money goes. Um, it's not necessarily um, a bad model, but for somebody who wants to participate and, and give to a pack, um, you know, they may have certain political parties they prefer. Um, they may have certain candidates that they think are more worthy to receive the funds than others, and they don't necessarily have a say today in that process. And so this takes the decision-making process away from, a, you know, a centralized PAC committee into the hands of the people who are making the contributions to the PAC. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we wanted to make this as appealing as we could to the broader crypto community. And we just thought, you know, having a community ownership model would, is the, uh, was the way to go. So, you know, rather than the black box centralized uh, normal way of doing PACs. What's the like end goal for the organization? Is it more so to maybe like spur adoption of this style of structuring a pact or spur adoption of crypto and interest in crypto among members of the Washington upper echelon, or maybe a mix of both? I would say a mix of both. I mean, from my perspective, I, I want to see crypto have a voice in Washington, and this is one of the ways that they can do that. So I think, you know, having money and giving to candidates. Um, but yes, I also think there is this, this secondary goal of how can we do this better? How can we make it more efficient? How can we have um, a pack that's run, you know, by the community as opposed to, you know, paying, you know, individuals to manage that pack, right? So I, I think that, um, I think it's a, a dual mission, but um, Tyler may have other thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's right. I, I agree with that. And, you know, I hopefully we can build a, a, you know, political organization where it's just a venue for, you know, the crypto community to uh, make themselves heard in, in DC. And, and um, you know, I think we all want to see, you know, the future that the crypto community is building come to fruition. I think there's a lot of regulatory and political, you know, roadblocks in the way. Um, and, you know, I think we just need uh, an organization like this to to kind of, um, you know, help that come to be, uh, become a reality. Are there any like positions of the pack? Like what's the framework for whom it will support and what those folks need to support in order to like get this funding? Um, what does the pack maybe represent from a specific regulatory policy perspective? Mm hmm. Well, so certainly there's there's uh, you know the, uh, the you know the classic uh, problem maybe not necessarily problem but challenge for kind of a decentralized community is is to you know collaborate and come up with those criteria. Um, we're trying to do those things uh, you know by discussing these things out in the uh, out in the open. Like we have, you know we've been interviewing members of Congress uh, and to get their views on on crypto. We've been like we like I said we have a, a, a Discord. Uh, community that, you know, hopefully will uh, only get more active with people sharing their views and kind of coming up with, uh, you know, criteria for HODLPAC to use. Uh, we, we've created a HODL score section on our website for people to learn kind of, you know, what members of Congress and candidates are doing and saying about crypto. So we kind of want to equip the community with the ability to kind of make those decisions themselves. But certainly there are, you know, there are champions that have emerged, uh, as you know, you've interviewed many of them, Frank, of, of people in, D, you know, in D.C. and in Congress who, you know, are, you know, giving these issues uh, that crypto cares about, be it, you know, everything from, you know, securities law to securities laws to, uh, you know, the, the encryption debates that are, you know, um, getting some attention in these last couple of weeks. You know, th there are members of Congress and, and candidates that are running for Congress that that champion those those ideas, and we want to you know that that'll that'll help crypto uh, you know prosper. But we don't want to we don't want to you know create any criteria that says oh you have to do this and you have to do that as as the people who kind of set up total pack. That's not we don't think that that's our role. We want the community to to kind of do that um, together. Well, and I, th I think the crypto community is a incredibly 
you know, communicative, engaged, informed group of people. It's been mm -hmm. my experience. And, um, you know, people read all the stories that you guys put out on the block and they read from other sources. And most people know that, um, you know, our friend Brad Sherman from California is uh, not a big fan of crypto. And so I, I don't imagine that he would be nominated to be on the ballot to receive funds, right? But then we might have other candidates who have, um, you know, sponsored legislation. People people know their names are familiar. I would imagine they would want to vote for those. So it it it, it sort of provides an incentive for for members of Congress to be active and working on these issues in a favorable way. What have some of those conversations been like with lawmakers um, as it pertains to? Hodel pack. What has been some of their feedback? It's it's funny because I think you know in terms of the time spent raising money, congressmen and women, it's like fifty percent of of their time is. It can be even more than it that. It can be it's even insane. more. Yeah. So I'm sure they have like some like feedback. What what has that been like? Well, they're just excited. I think to see more money in this space. Um, you know, we've got a lot of members of Congress that have put in a lot of time, and it, I'm not sure they've you know, sort of seen uh, maybe the level of support that they would like. I mean, I can tell you when I was on the Hill as a congressional staffer, you know, there were different, you know, the staff have a lot of power in these offices and they can bring ideas to their boss and they can kind of pave the way towards, you know, creating a new champion on a particular issue. And, you know, you can only work on something so long before the chief of staff comes in and says, hey, you got to stop wasting your time on this because we're not seeing anything happening on the fundraising side. You know, people cringe when they hear that. That's not how it's supposed to happen. But the reality is that's often how it happens. And so, you know, it's it's a lot for a staffer or a member of Congress to be a crypto champion when there isn't a whole lot of money in that space. Um, and so, um, you know, for us to move from a phase of having a small kind of core group of committed champions to just a larger base of people who are interested in co-sponsoring legislation and learning about these issues, you know, we've got to get more money into the space. That's, that is the sad, cold reality. <laughs> it's almost like kind of funny and surprising how much attention is paid to crypto for how little money and resources are, are put to it on the policy front, right? Like you think about the billions of dollars that political organizations, uh, you know, outside of even just PACs, but like organizations like the NRA or, um, you know, different types of political groups are putting, and, and, and that doesn't really exist in, in the crypto world yet, but we still have, you know, it's almost like every other month a different hearing, or we're talking about Libra, or we're talking about, um, we have, you know, the OCC making moves. Does that strike you as like an imbalance? That's like almost like, are we lucky to have that to an extent? I, I mean, I actually think that that those who start to get into this space either think it's bigger than it is, or they think that it's going to be something big and they want to kind of get in on the ground floor and be a part of something new. Um, I think it's also, you know, for for you know, a, a congressman or a congresswoman, it's also a, a way to sort of differentiate themselves and show that they're sort of forward looking and cutting edge. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of things that motivate lawmakers to to do policy. It's not just money, but having money there certainly helps. Um, you know, there's also good messaging around it. Um, there's, you know, people, lawmakers are often motivated by, um, you know, something that's sort of pervasive and very useful and that their voters and constituents like, and they want to be in a part of it. I don't think we're there yet with crypto, but I think there is good messaging with that. And, and if we could get the money piece going, and if we could just allow crypto to evolve to the point where more people are using it on a regular basis, then I think we'll start to see more policy change. But, but yeah, the, the money is an important piece. How do you scale it from here? Like, what's the plan for that? Uh, well, the way I think about it is, you know, I just we want to keep getting the getting the word out um, and, and find, coming up with new ways to kind of engage the crypto community, you know, in, in political action. Uh, you know, we hope to um, continue to kind of, you know, interview members of Congress and candidates, uh, hold events for them, have, you know, venues for members of the community to ask questions and just, you know, otherwise engage with them. You know, and uh, and eventually, you know, 
once we're able to kind of build our community out, like I mentioned before, I would love to, you know, start to um, experiment with, you know, with ways to, to, uh, you know, do letter writing or email writing campaigns and, and, you know, make phone calls to offices in support of certain legislation. It's kind of sounds silly sometimes, but like, that's actually, that goes a long way as well. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, so that, like, that's, that's, you know, we want to scale it um, any way we can. We want to just get the word out at this stage, basically. We're definitely, we consider ourselves in community building phase and uh, we appreciate your, you know, your offer to talk today. Uh, hopefully we can, uh, there's one or two listeners tuning in right now that, that uh, are compelled by this and want to get involved. And yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's the idea. Well, I'll tell you, the Scoop listeners are some of the smartest people in the <laughs> space, but arguably the world. Uh, well, so, you know, I'm a Scoop yes. listener myself, so I thank you for that compliment. It's very nice. Well, you got two of them. We got at least two of them here uh, on the show right now. Um, so let's talk about, it's funny because, and I don't know like the degree to which this is relevant, but just something that I've been looking at and, and things that, been, that that have been crossing my desk are... Um, a lot of these different governments, you know, plays in the space, a few, a few of which have recently raised funds. Gauntlet is like an automated governance platform protocol founded by this guy, Tarun Chitra. And there's another one, Boardroom, which, you know, will be reporting on their fundraise and a few others. And, and with the whole idea being, you know, how can we simplify or improve the governance of these various protocols, right? The DeFi uh, world has kind of brought this to light, as you alluded to earlier. But governance has always been like a weird thing in crypto, like thinking about like the maker calls and how you kind of all hop on Zoom to make these important decisions about, you know, what you set interest rates at and and, the, and it runs the gamut. And so it's been interesting to me to see like governance kind of grow up in crypto. And then this is kind of like also happening in tandem. But I'm curious to get your take on like what maybe you've learned from the issues of crypto governance, uh, maybe PAC governance, which will pick up on some of the stuff we've already talked about. And then like how then that has informed what you're building here. Totally. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought this up because like this is, this is a huge motivation for me for Pack and to kind of, it was to, is to take this emergent emerging, you know, governance, uh, practice it's hard to even describe what it what really i don't know how how to how to describe what you what you just what you just described or what what to call it but yeah there is this emerging you know theme in crypto of how to do community governance of public goods or 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 community owned protocols right like it is it's, it's fascinating stuff and and you mentioned boardroom shout out kevin at boardroom big fan of what they're doing over there uh, but yeah so i think i don't know I think we're still so early in in figuring in figuring out how to do this at scale. Like you said, the maker, you know, the maker Zoom calls and our uh, I don't you know the participation rate is, isn't historically hasn't been super high. Uh, there's been you know you couldn't uh, pay me to listen to one of those things. You, you know, and and that's and there's in uh, I'd sooner I'd sooner <laughs> sooner watch paint dry on a wall. But but it, which is which is funny, right? Because I don't think. You, I think you would say the same thing about a lot of uh, hearings on Capitol Hill too, right? Yeah. So, so that, that the, I, something that I've been fascinated with this, with this uh, potential here to kind of um, for crypto to kind of revive self-governance, to revive kind of, you know, Tocquevillian community, you know, uh, community participation, civic life, right? Like, I think that's really fascinating. Um Hodel pack is one kind of example of this. And we're, and we're, like I said, like we've said, we're very early and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to figure out how to do it ourselves. But, you know, we really, part of my conversations with, with members of Congress that I've been, been lucky enough to, to talk to through Hodel pack has been to try to, to, you know, emphasize this point that, you know, there's some real potential in what crypto is building around this idea of, of, you know, community governance of financial applications to to everything to more of like the Web three kind of stuff. It's it's fascinating, and we would love to. I think it's a I think it's a bipartisan appealing uh, proposition um, to see these things develop in the in the United States, and I think it would be a net benefit for society as well if we can all figure out how to do it well. So, uh, Hodel Pack is just one small part of that, but we're definitely pulling on those themes. I was talking to someone the other day. It wasn't Kevin. It was. Um... Was another one of these these 
platforms. I think it was my conversation with the folks at Aragon, but they've had some trials where they're looking to, you know, effectively provide the tools with which a, you know, a local government can make different decisions in a decentralized fashion. And, you know, that's kind of like one of the other end goals of something like this, um, or of this, this theme that we're sort of talking about here that's outside of speculative and and trading and financial use cases we often think about when we when we discuss the impact of crypto on the, on the broader sort of world but there is this like governance model that that can also um, change the way things are done um, at, at the local government level up to the state and the national level and be interesting to see like how this maybe then impacts other functions of the political arena. It's not really a question there. That's just kind of my like pontificating. It, you know, and you're doing it. You might have done a better job at uh, at, uh, at describing it than than I did. So uh, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I mean, like things are kind of like you know this, Kristen. Like it's hard to like get the ball moving in Washington, and and you mentioned hearings. Those are kind of like I mean the thing that's like changed Washington up the most from a you know, an engagement, you know, the way things operate perspective has maybe been like COVID. People are set yeah. in their ways. It's, it's kind of like, how do you, how do you get things to really change in earnest? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a combination of factors and, and what people don't like to hear is that it takes time, right? You can't just come in and you get immediate awareness. You know, you have to educate a whole set of people that don't necessarily have the background to, you know, fully understand what's going on. Um, right now, it's still not something that most people do every day. I mean, they might have a little bit of, um, you know, like my dad has some Bitcoin in his hosted wallet, um, but he's never done anything with it, right? And so, you know, people like to talk about Uber and how Uber was able to you know, very sort of quickly come in and upend the long established uh, taxi commissions, uh, you know, um, all around uh, our cities and, and um, local rules there. But the reason they were able to do that is because it was really obvious that Uber was useful and like users demanded it, right? Um, I mean, members of Congress, you know, whether it be in the House or the Senate, you know, they tend to respond to their constituents and, and what they demand. And so, you know, it's going to be, it's a, con, it's a, you know, multiple things. It's having something useful, getting the awareness level up, building out the influence infrastructure in DC, right? I mean, we've got, you know, the Blockchain Association, we've got Coin Center, we've got, you know, sort of other groups um, of companies, but compared to other industries, those are very small organizations. And, um, you know, if you look at financial services industry, they have multiple trade associations. Um, each of the individual, you know, banks or, or other companies have, you know, an entire in-house government relations team. Most, most crypto companies don't have that today, right? Um, and everybody uses what they, what they offer. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it, it takes, it just takes time. Um, but we're making good progress. I mean, I think we've seen the number of people in seats of power who understand what's happening um, has definitely increased. Um, and we've seen, um, you know, multiple congressional hearings on the topic. We've seen good legislation. Um, most recently, we had the Securities Clarity Act and the Digital Commodity Exchange Act introduced. So it's it takes time, um, but but I think we can win over time. And so it's getting all of these these building blocks in place. To, to affect the policies we need. If you're a listener of The Scoop or follow the block, then you know I am super excited about the future of crypto adoption, especially on the enterprise side. Our sponsor, Blockset, is not only helping to push development at the grassroots level with their multi-chain API, but also at the institutional level. Blockset is built by BRD, the first crypto wallet in the App Store from 2014 and one of the largest in the space today. They've taken the architecture and the knowledge they've gained over the past six years to create Blockset, a robust, reliable, and strategic B2B offering for developers and enterprises. Blockset is enabling banks and other major financial institutions to interface and build with crypto assets at light speed. See just how simple it is by visiting blockset.com 
and sign up for a free account today. I guess kind of like bringing things, bringing the conversation to a more broad, high level, um, rather than than hodl pack, hodl, hodl, hodl. Um, one one thing that would be interesting to talk about is something that since your first um, appearance on the scoop, way back, way back in 2019, <laughs> one thing ago. seems like seems like a decade ago. I've at least I've aged that much. It feels like. Um, one thing we talked about are, were like the different bucket buckets, excuse me, of um, ways in which folks can like enact changes in, in, in the way something is governed or the way that policy works. You can go through, you know, folks in the legislative branch or you can, you know, enact change through um, policy changes on the regulatory agency level. Um, maybe there was another bucket I'm forgetting. I can't say I can't say bucket today, apparently. <laughs> The courts. Um, it seems like we've like kind of seen a shift where at the agency level, things are a bit more bullish to use finance parlance versus um, maybe through some of the lawmakers who, who probably have other things to think about. We've started to see some great things come come out of the agencies, in particular the OCC. And um, that is because, you know, Brian Brooks is now there who is, you know, a not only just the former chief legal officer of Coinbase, but I like to point out former board member of the Blockchain Association. Um, but he, um, it, it just goes to show personnel is policy. When you have the right people sitting in the right positions that have the right agenda, you can actually get things done. Um, Brian has done a phenomenal job in having a vision and knowing where he wants to go. And I think what's what's great about what Brian is doing is not just the, um, you know, the act, the letters that we've seen come out and, and the words that he's used in the media. I think what his value is, is what nobody's seeing. And that is he's talking with, you know, his colleagues in government, right? And he's, he's a good ambassador because of his agenda that he, he has and his personal beliefs that, that, you know, crypto is going to be a important part of financial services in the future that um, that he's really able to sort of change um, change the tone of others which is great I don't know how long he's going to be there <laughs> but for now we're excited to have him there and you know I think he's a good compliment to Hester Peirce who has obviously been a longtime champion and um, you know some of the other other regular regulators that are out there but yeah we've definitely seen an uptick in, in actions coming out of the agencies and um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where we are after the election um, and sort of, uh, you know, not only who's in the White House, but, um, you know, changes that would be made, um, you know, at, at the regulatory level, because that could be very positive or, or potentially very negative, depending on who are in those positions. No, that makes a lot of sense. I want to kind of bring it back to Hoddlepack. Um, Ashlyn, who's listening in, not to put her on the spot. If if you want to ask this question, go ahead. But it's a good one. Um, the the question about how this maybe can impact non maybe crypto specific agendas. Do you want to you want to? We have one of our uh, trusted assistant news editors on the line as well. Do you want to jump in on that one, Ashlyn? Sure. Yeah. No. This was sort of just rattling around in my mind. So if it's not necessarily fully formed, feel free to sort of <laughs> turn it into a better question. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, crypto users, especially when they're, um, you know, in a voting booth, like they're, they're voting for more than just crypto. And, and when they're donating, they're, they're donating to more than just crypto. And there's been a lot of discussion about perhaps the crypto user, the average crypto user sometimes is small government or, or there might be sort of some through line beliefs um, in the crypto community, um, certainly among certain pockets of people. So do you foresee this ending up as a way to sort of uh, show support for a variety of issues and not just tech or crypto specific issues. No, I well, I, I agree. I, I think I think like as we've the theme of this discussion so far has been that you know we're kind of early on in experimenting with Hodel Pack and this way of doing political action committees and political organization more broadly. I would love if we could figure it out and then it turns into you know other organizations can can sprout up to support other issues. Um, or other groups generally can just use it to express their political, uh, you know, views and support who they want to support. 
um, kind of outside of, you know, parties, frankly. Um, the, the, uh, when it comes to crypto specifically, though, maybe even though people are supportive of crypto, they're not necessarily, that's not their single issue vote, you know, uh, that, they're, that they're placing their vote on in, in November, right? There, there's, as, as we all are painfully aware, there are so many other things uh, going on in politics right now. But, you know, nonetheless, you know, I think, uh, you know, having issue specific things like Hodelpack to to support um, and signal support for, um, you know, candidates that, you know, are, are uh, you know, uh, you know, championing. We've said that word a lot, but championing, you know, good policies for our for our crypto community, then, um, you know, that that's then we, we should we should support them uh, for, for that reason. And, and, you know, and we're Hodelpack is is. Uh, by design, nonpartisan. We just want to support the people who, you know, are, are doing, um, you know, championing our cause. But I would love to see uh, other other issue areas pop up to have their own kind of um, hodl pack style organization. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that would be a net positive for sure for our political system. Any other questions, Ashlyn? Following yeah, up on I, that? I guess sort of with that, and I mean, I guess this is sort of a, a broader question that all PACs have to deal with. Um, but like, who are, is this mostly then, you know, obviously people who are, uh, whose interests are at heart, is this mostly then you're seeing like a lot of like builders or, or a lot of industry players? Um, is that sort of more the demographic you're, you're seeing as, as participating in this? Or I know you talked a bit about like grassroots donations and sort of average Joe crypto user, but is the average Joe crypto user donating to a PAC, do you think? Um, so, so far we've seen it, 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 it has been the, it's been industry players and builders. Um, I think in, in fact, you know, I think most packs are, are that way, uh, in most packs like issue packs like this. I mean, people who are, you know, have their own money at stake and are, you know, building, they have more incentive to maybe donate to a, to, you know, a pack that will, that will help represent their, um, you know, their interests in Washington. There are, however, models out there that, you know, that have been successful in engaging, you know, the average Joe, and we want Holdapack to be one of them. Um, it takes time, as we've talked about, and we're hoping to hoping to reach those people. But you know, there's there's issues such as like taxes, right? Like that, everybody who touches crypto has to deal with that. That goes far beyond just the people who are building or you know uh, have their niche, you know, issue that would uh, would affect their business. You know, there are there are definitely you know issues out there that that impact, impact the average Joe, and we want to have Holdapack be the venue for them to express their interests through a through a you know an organization uh, that that will yeah you know represent them in DC. Yeah, I was gonna just add to that. If I'm a small donor and I'm interested, I, I can go online and I can you know read through the block and see who all the congressmen are and and make a contribution. Um, but, you know, I think Tyler was kind of alluding to this earlier, you know, the, the person receiving that on the other end doesn't necessarily know where it's coming from or, or why they, what motivates that, that donation, right? But if you do it through a PAC, then that does signal where that's coming from. And by pooling, you know, um, different people across the country together that, you know, then decide, you know, how the donations are going to go, it just makes it stronger and it amplifies it. And, um, and it, it sends a more direct signal as to what's motivating the contribution. Totally. And I'm, I'm also just wondering if, you know, obviously, since we have two PAC experts here, um, are there any sort of unique challenges or, or uh, sort of unique uh, considerations, maybe regulatory or, or otherwise on, you know, getting small, small donors? Is there any sort of, uh, you know, fine print that comes with being a, a crypto donor to a PAC that might be different or unique compared to being, you know, an average person donating to another PAC? Um, so um, I don't think so in terms of, uh, well, I guess there's two ways to answer that question. And thanks for calling me a PAC expert. That's very, that's charitable and it's inaccurate, but that's okay. Uh, I'll let it, I'll <laughs> let it slide. Uh, basically, uh, I think there's, there's, Two ways to answer that question. One is, we actually haven't set up to to collect crypto donations yet. I know that might sound uh, weird, um, but the reason why we're doing that is because there's there's still a little bit of like gray area around that, and we want to hopefully have um, in terms of uh, laws from the FEC and F past FEC rulings, the Federal Election Commission. Um, uh, so so. 
specific to crypto, that's one of the, that may be something in the, in the fine print about collecting, about collecting uh, crypto denominated donations. Uh, we, there are certain campaigns that have set that up and we want to direct people uh, to, towards those campaigns to just make those contributions uh, directly to, to them. You know, the other way that you said there, you know, what's like kind of the fine print about donating to PACs. Well, one of the, one of the things is that if you, if, when you donate to a PAC, uh, it, it's, um, it's, it's public information if you donate more than $200. So anybody who does that, that you're, you're on uh, the FEC website uh, as somebody who supports that PAC. You know, that's something we want to make sure our donors know about. It's just, a, it, it, I think what's, what's published is their name uh, in, in the industry that they work in, in the amount that they gave. So th- those, are the, those are the two uh, fine print things that, that come to mind. I hope that answers that question. But I don't know, Kristen, do you have any more? No, I think that's right. No, I appreciate that. Um, so for folks who are listening who might want to get involved, what's the best way to, to sort of do that? Is it just hitting you guys up or going to the website? Yep. Follow us on Twitter. Go to our website. Uh, sign up for our newsletter. Um, when you sign up for our newsletter uh, and, and you share your, web, your email on our, on our website, uh, you automatically earn HODL votes. So we will uh, reach out to you and ask for a, um, ask for a MetaMask address and, and get you that info. And, and then, and then you know, we'll, we'll manually send it to you. We're, we're kind of the, we're a low tech, high tech operation over here. <laughs> uh, and then, um, in, yeah, so, so f- those, those three things are, would be, would be great. You know, follow us on Twitter to stay uh, up to date, um, and then sign up for, you know, sign up for the email. And then if, if you feel so moved, we would, you know, obviously very much appreciate your, any, uh, donations from your listeners. Uh, like I said, you know, if you, if you donate, you earn that much money in HODL vote tokens, um, and uh, you can use those to participate in our community ballot. I guess before we wind down the conversation, I got to get to uh, Little Italy for my um, Columbus Day festivities, <laughs> but something that maybe we won't include, but just something I've been thinking about and, and have been talking to folks about is the, the way in which the results of this election will impact crypto. Is there kind of like just maybe for the edification of our listeners, since you guys are boots on the ground down there. Um, is there any conversation? I'm sure there is, of course, but what would your impression of the conversation around a Biden win versus Trump win um, mean for yeah. the crypto world? So uh, so there, there's pros and cons within the Trump administration, right, when it comes to crypto champions. Um, obviously, Trump himself is not a big fan um, I think our Treasury Secretary um, has some concerns about the space in general as well. But we also have some champions. We have Brian Brooks, who we mentioned. Um, we have Hester Peirce, who is not the chair of the SEC, but very well could become the chair of the SEC in a um, in a second Trump administration. Um, that that's not out of the realm of possibility. So, you know, I I think that yeah, if we had Brian Brooks there and Hester Peirce in charge. Um, I think we would have a, a couple of good years um, of, of getting some good policies made. Um, the The Biden administration is sort of a question mark. Um, Biden's team himself um, hasn't really taken much of a position on crypto. And so I think what it will come down to is like who is in the seats, right? Who does he appoint to Treasury? Who does he appoint to be the chair of the SEC? You know, who does he get at the OCC um, and the CFTC? And, you know, there are some rumors going around as to who those positions might be, but but the reality is we, we don't know yet. And so, like, for me, it's sort of, uh, we've got the known of what we've got. Um, and if you look at it, we actually have some good people in place. And with Biden, it's, it's sort of unknown. Um, I mean, we could get some some great people in those key positions, or we could get some terrible people. And so I think that, you know, after the election, you know, from my perspective, it's going to be watching and, and to the extent that we can influencing, um, you know, who gets in those, those spots, because, because that will, that'll be when we know what, what the next couple of years is going to look like. And just to add to that, you know, there's the, there's the presidential race, but then there's, there's down ballot as well. Uh, and we'll see, you know, I think we've seen, um, and uh, Kristen, uh, maybe I think you agree with this, that we've seen uh, bipartisan support on, on both sides for crypto. There's, you know, on the Republican side, you have, 
Patrick McHenry, who's a financial services ranking member. He's a huge fan of crypto. Uh, you have Tom Emmer, who's the, um, you know, uh, he's probably, I think he's fourth in line uh, in the Republican side in the House and uh, in terms of leadership. So we have, you know, some strong people at the top on the Republican side. And then on the Democrat side, we've seen lots of support as well. Darren Soto, uh, Stacey Plaskett mm-hmm. are two people that we talked to uh, with Pack interviews. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens in the election, we hope that, uh, you know, having a grassroots, you know, political organization to engage members or whoever is in charge uh, to make the case for crypto would be a, a net positive. So we want to make sure everybody joins us on that mission. Wow. Great way to tie a bow on it, sir. Thanks so much. <laughs> Kristen, Tyler, thanks so much for coming on to talk about Hodel Pack. Good luck. We'll have you on again soon, I hope. Thanks, Frank. Great. Thanks, Frank. 